good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, depending on where you listen to the podcast. This podcast is available on iTunes and Spotify. I'm Sherry Dodder, an occupational therapist and dysgraphia expert. Jan is away today. Welcome to the Writing Glitch Dysgraphia Discussions, Episode 3. Today, we are interviewing Lori Sugarman. She is a hypnotist and a writer from Atlanta, Georgia. I am interested in learning how hypnosis can help students with dysgraphia. How are you today, Lori? Really? Hi, Sherry. How am I really? I'm good. I'm good. I've just unloaded my car with lots of materials that I had a little writing program this week. I emptied it out because I'm getting ready to go camping for four days. So I would say that I am very good. Oh, that is wonderful. And that reading program is something I'd like to delve into just a little bit as we go through today's podcast. Have you had anybody ever ask you, how are you today, really, and actually included that word in the sentence before? No, no, I have not. To me, I took it as you really care. (laughs) I love it. I love it. It was a little technique that I've learned in the past. And sometimes it really gets to the visceral level of emotion with somebody. I really like to add that when I'm asking somebody how they're doing. That's why I do that. I love it. We met only a short month ago at the Unleash Your Superpower conference. You were one of the speakers. Can you tell us how that came to be? I've known Wendy for a very long time. She was actually married to my brother many years ago. And the marriage didn't last, but the friendship that we had lasted. So she's part family. She told me about this project and asked me if I would like to participate as a writer. I jumped at it because I love to write. All right. What project is that? The project is a collaboration of 22 authors. It's co-authored by each of us. We got to contribute a chapter. The book is titled called To Speak, Lead, and Impact. Basically, the framework is who we are, what our story is, how we came to where we are today, and challenges that were overcome in the process. Ooh, that sounds chilling. I'm looking forward to reading that chapter. I must confess that I did buy the book and I'm waiting for it to be released. When is that release date? It is September 6th. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you for your purchase. Hey, you're welcome. And if anybody is interested, we will put the link to that book in the show notes. You shared a poem that day and I'd like to read that for our listeners. After I'm done reading it, I want you to share a little bit more about the behind the scenes of that because writing is not just learning how to put letters on paper. It's how to express yourself. And I think you did an amazing job. Thank you, Sherry. It is Simplicity by Lori Sugarman. I am of the earth. My feet are grounded. They take me where I need. I eat when I am hungry. One day I am driven to find the right branch. Some days I move slowly. I honor that. I wrap myself in protection until it feels right to emerge. It all takes time. 
Now I fly. I am of the earth. I honor the cycle of life. I am guardian of my sleep. It is time to stop for the day. Tomorrow, the sun rises again. Sleep prepares me for tomorrow. Sleep creates metamorphosis. I honor the cycle of night. I slow down. I emerge tomorrow, rested. Now I fly. That was lovely. It's very gratifying to hear someone else read something that I've written. And I appreciate your interest in the poem. It started because I had sketched a caterpillar on a leaf and I put different stages of the leaf in cocoon on the drawing. I always loved that drawing. I never did anything with it. It was just a pencil drawing. And life gets very complicated. It gets complicated with technology. It gets complicated with large groups of our world that technology has allowed us to permeate into a much bigger, expansive number. I was thinking about the caterpillar that I drew one day, and I wanted to write metaphorically about just the simplicity of a caterpillar. And as I was writing, it just felt like I was talking about myself or people because we are of this earth and we are grounded and it's good to feel grounded and it's good to have our feet on the ground. But sometimes we're overwhelmed and the best thing to do, just like the caterpillar, is to pull back and wrap ourselves like the cocoon and just wait. Once we have come out of our self need to hibernate a little bit, then we can fly. So that really was a thought behind that poem. I love that. And if you read anything out of today's world of positive psychology, you just talked about the flow cycle. Did you know that? No, I did not. Yes. The flow cycle is a four-part cycle where you begin with a struggle That's when you're trying to gather all this information you need to complete a task. In that second phase, you are really processing it and you need to take a physical break from what you're doing. That third part of the cycle is where you get deep into like the writing. You have to have this piece afterwards where you recover. And one of the ways that we recover is sleep. I am so glad that you included sleep in this because it's so important to writing. We don't think about how important sleep is to the school day as well. I wanted to share that with you as I was thinking about it is, my gosh, it is all about neuroscience. And she didn't even realize she caught it because writing is all about neuroscience. Yeah. And the sleep, the metamorphosis when we sleep, sleep is such a foundation that so many of us ignore. such a foundation. Yeah. But writing isn't the only thing that you do. No, it is not. No, I have been a hypnotherapist since 2007, and I stumbled in it by accident. I was a school counselor by training, moved to another state, got married. They didn't grant me reciprocity. I passed a building, Atlanta National Hypnosis Institute, went in, and the rest was history. I studied for three years, and... Then I wanted to work with children as well. So I went up. There's a physician in Rochester, New York, who's on the Upstate Medical College there, Dr. Lawrence Sugarman. We have the same last name, but we're not related. He actually created a training program for doctors 
to teach them hypnosis in their practice. He was doing his first training and I begged him to let me come in because everyone was a doctor except for me. I said, I live in Georgia and I'm the only person here that wants to work with children and I've stepped into it a little bit, but I want more training. So he let me come in and I learned a lot because children are not miniature adults. They don't think like adults. They don't process like adults. The whole study of hypnotherapy really is the study of suggestion and how we learn and take in ideas. A lot of times when you hear the word hypnosis, it's like somebody's going to make me quack like a duck or that's giving up my control and everything like that. But Really, when we're in a relaxed state, a comfortable state, we can go into a hypnotic state easily because we're open to suggestions. For example, we've all experienced a light state of hypnosis. If you've ever heard an amazing speaker, a minister, a religious sermon, a national figure, somebody who, when they talked, you lost track of where you were and you were just totally absorbing what they were saying, that's a light state of hypnosis. We don't realize we're in a state of hypnosis and we take in the suggestions. My field looks at communication as a message unit. When we're children, we take in what our parents tell us. If our parents tell us that you can do anything you want to, you can be anything you want to, then you grow up with that sense of confidence. But if our parents, for whatever reason, parents come into the mix with their own set that we don't even understand as children. They do the best they can, but they typically parent how they were parents. If they raise their children with a lot of substance issues, substance abuse issues, that they go into this this messaging, you're stupid, you're dumb, you can't do anything. All of those messages kind of form who we are in the upstairs department. It's just a message. When a child is seven to eight years old, they're not in a concrete stage yet. And so they view everything as truth. If you say to a child, you can't learn anything or you lose everything. I didn't know what I know now when I was a parent to my son who probably should have been medicated on B and later in life he chose to do that. But I didn't believe in that at that point in time. We just muddled through. And I would say to him all the time, you don't pay attention. How come you don't pay attention? You never pay attention. I certainly reinforced behaviors. I had no intention of reinforcing. It's really hypnosis when you intentionally enter a hypnotic state, when you come to see a clinician to change, you give yourself permission to just let go, to relax, and it's up to the clinician to help you get into a relaxed state. And generally that's done with a progressive relaxation and visualization. Just imagine that you're somewhere, imagine a place where it gives you a sense of peace. Maybe that's a vacation, maybe it's a chair in your house and so on. And then from there, you just muscle by muscle relax the physical body. And when the physical body is relaxed, the mind relaxes and all that mental chatter of, I can't, this isn't going to work. I can't do this. I won't change. All of that goes away and you just start listening. I like to say that Being in the hypnotic state is one of the few times when people really listen. It's a partnership because the person shares with me what it is they want to overcome, want to change, want to modify, whether it's an attitude, whether it's a habit. Basically, they're telling me what they want and I repeat back to them so I'm clear what kind of changes they want to make. And then through the relaxed state, all of your 
defense mechanisms go away. Once you're in a relaxed state, I would say to you things like, it's amazing and surprising that no matter what kind of mood or verbal exchange, you take that slow, deep breath in, so deep that your body completely relaxes. And you're so grateful and you're amazed and surprised at how much more patient you are, no matter what it is. You're able to stand back and not get caught up in mood. You can say things like that in a hypnotic state. And I don't really understand the whys. I just know that it's an incredible part of our brain that really deserves to be tapped because it can just solve and change a lot of issues fairly rapidly. And it's not because I'm the best thing in the world or I'm the greatest thing since apple pie. It's you. It's the person. It's our brains. It's the capability that our brains have. How does that help writing? A lot of writing is attitude. And especially someone who has dysgraphia, they have to work extra hard. Everything is difficult. They may have a pattern where teachers and parents don't realize that there's a brain disconnect. And they may say things to the child over the years, you're not trying, you can do this, you need to pay attention. They may have gotten a lot of messaging. They don't understand why they can't write. Through hypnosis, a lot of what I do is just the work on the attitude. For a child that's struggling with that, it would just be like, you are so young and you are experiencing challenges that a lot of people don't even experience until way later in life. You're learning how to handle challenges and extra work and extra perseverance and extra determination to keep at something way earlier than a lot of people. And that is going to take you so far because nothing's going to stop you. No matter how hard something is, you are just determined to keep at it. And you'll figure it out because you're smart and you're intelligent and you have a beautiful brain and a beautiful mind and a good support system. Wow. You said you just unloaded your car because Mm -hmm. you just got done with a writing program. What was that all about? I've been working with a Chinese school for the past six or seven years. During the year and in the summer, she asked me to come and work with an after-school program. I'm Jewish. We send our children to Hebrew school because we want to maintain the culture and learn the language. The Chinese parents send their children to an after-school Chinese program. They get first in Chinese. The parents who usually are second English learners and not strong in English want to be sure that their children are schooled and educated and skilled in English writing because they're at a disadvantage to help them with that. This week, it was a little different. It was just one hour a week. Usually, I have the kids from 9 to 12 for a week, and she mixed the ages up this week. It was super interesting. It was pre-K to fourth grade. I prepared a lot of different activities. I call myself a creative writing teacher because when you put the word creative in front of the word writing, children are less likely to resist because it sounds playful and fun. If you can do something that's playful and fun, no matter what the age, kids, they buy into it. I tend to develop and write materials that are a little different and therefore it intrigues them. They're willing to participate. I love to do opinion writing because kids aren't asked very often to to write opinions. I wrote some songs so the younger kids, we 
play the music and they sing and then we do some wordplay. Beautiful. Thank you, Sherry. Before I ask, we need to take a moment to thank our sponsor, Better Educational Consulting. Today's podcast was brought to you by Better Educational Consulting. We are a holistic, community-based organization that supports people with dysgraphia from the inside out. We use neuroscience and research-based content to design interventions for the whole classroom that can be completed two minutes each day to thwart the disability before it becomes a challenge, all without raising the scepter, a pencil. You can find more information about our services by downloading the app, thewritingglitch.com. We believe that every person is a king and queen of their own potential. Effective writing skills start by connecting the brain and the body. Join the writing glitch today. Lori, a very good friend of mine, her mom went into a hypnotist about 20 years ago because she wanted to stop smoking, but she bought the extra carton of cigarettes and put them in the car and went into the hypnotist about stopping smoking and has not touched cigarettes since. As a matter of fact, she had to return that carton of cigarettes. Happens when somebody is hypnotized that really impacts. That's a big drastic change going from needing to have a carton with you at all times to I'm not smoking again. And how does that differ from kids? Yeah, I know it seems like magic. It's pretty unbelievable. But the brain has this capability when we get out of this conscious state that you and I are in and you get into this other state of consciousness, the theta state, which is less of a concentrated state, but it's the state of daydreamy, meditation. The brain just has this ability to take in suggestions without saying, no, that's never going to happen. No, that's impossible. No, I can't do that. When you make suggestions to somebody, for example, a smoker, you have them imagine themselves. You do a lot of kind of timeline where you imagine themselves in 20 years, both as a smoker and a non-smoker. And they see that in their imagination. They see, because you're painting a picture of their health. And when you say the suggestion that the moment that you pick up a cigarette, if you pick up a cigarette and it touches your lips, you immediately hear the word stop. And you put that cigarette down because you forgot you're not a smoker anymore. You're finished. You're done. You're through. That was in the past. So when you say those kind of things in that state of hypnosis, your brain just takes it and it becomes your reality. Do you have to be in person to get hypnotized or can it be via Zoom or can it be on a podcast? How does that all work? I was very skeptical of Zoom when COVID hit. And it took me about five months because I had clients that were like, can we do Zoom? I'm like, no. And then finally, when COVID just did not go away, I started doing Zoom. And you know what? It is perfect. I did a Zoom with the Atlanta VA hospital here. They contacted me during the pinnacle of COVID because they were under so much strain. And they put me on during their lunch hour. And I did a hypnosis session to anyone who wanted to get on just to relieve stress and tension and everything. And really, a good hypnosis session is like a three-hour nap. 
you emerge so relaxed, so rested because your brain dumps out all the overload and all the messaging. Usually my sessions are 45 minutes to an hour. What you're saying is even though realistically the time is an hour, 45 minutes or so, your brain has had three hours of relaxation. It's almost like you're able to gain a cycle of sleep because it doesn't a cycle of sleep normally take 90 minutes, actually two cycles of sleep. You're the brain expert. So I know your cycles. This is what people tell me. And I've only had two hypnosis sessions. I had a hypnosis session when I was in training, two when I was in training. And I don't believe that I could be hypnotized, unfortunately, anymore, because now I'm just, I'm listening to how the person does it and I'm too analytical. But I'm telling you, it's just the capability of our brains. The, your friend's mother who stopped after 20 years, a client I had came to me. He had been drinking diet sodas for his whole life. He was 64 and he wanted to quit because he was starting to have health issues. And he quit in one session. So hypnosis can be quite remarkable if you want it to be and if you let it. If there's resistance, if a spouse sends someone in because they're frustrated with the spouse and they want them to change, and the spouse is a little, oh, there's nothing wrong with me, but okay, I'll go. They're going to sit there when I'm trying to relax them, and they'll probably be thinking, this is silly, I don't need this. And so no one can be made to go into hypnosis. And that's why it's important to feel comfortable and trust the person that you're with. You can just relax with all of that. In each episode of the podcast, we share an intervention that helps teachers, parents, and occupational therapists with their students. Do you have an intervention that a teacher could use to help the whole classroom or maybe a therapist on a one-on-one session that only will take about two minutes to implement that they can help? And since anxiety is a key underlying component of dysgraphia and is one of those key underlying factors that help somebody in the hypnosis state, How do we encourage parents at home? Your brain is an incredible organ, and I'm going to teach you how to really eliminate the stress and tension and anxiousness that you may be feeling. I want you to take a slow, deep breath in through your nose right now. Take a slow, deep breath in. Good. And just let it out through your mouth. Excellent. Now do it again and let the second breath be even slower than the first. Good. I'm going to give you five words and I want you to pick one of the words. It doesn't matter which one. And on the second breath, when you do this exercise, you're going to think that word and you're going to give a signal to your brain that you've got this, you're in charge, you can handle anything. So the words are calm, quiet, free, relax, or peaceful. Calm, quiet, free, relax, or peaceful. Which one of those words do you like the best? And the child will say what it is. And then I'll say, okay, let's do that one more time. Take a slow, deep breath in. Great. That was really slow. Your brain is loving this because it's so calm and relaxing. And then the second breath in, same thing like that. So I teach that exercise. And then what I do is I want them to imagine a very comfortable place. What's the most comfortable place when you think about it that you're totally relaxed, not thinking about anything, 
all the cares off your shoulders. I want you to close your eyes and imagine yourself on the bed. So close your eyes and imagine yourself on the bed. Good. Are you imagining yourself? And they're like, yes. And then I'll say, and guess what? That wasn't your bed, but that's just any time of day that you want it. You're able to bring up this sense of calm because you've just taught your brain how to let all the anxiousness flow completely out with your breath. Teachers, if you tried to do that before you have the kids go to write, their brain has been relaxed so that they can engage in writing. Think about the change that's going to happen. I'm going to flip it a little bit and share something that I've done that's very similar, but not exactly a hypnosis-based thing. When I was doing some substitute teaching while I was writing my book, and I used to go into the classroom, especially after lunch, after they were outside running around because at the school that I was teaching, they would do lunch and then immediately go to recess. So they were running around while they were digesting, but then they would come in and they would crash because you'd have that after digestion sugar crash. And I would go in and I would turn out the lights And they're all looking around, big eyes. What did we do wrong? Because a lot of teachers use it as a discipline. And I said, no, the reason we're doing this is because we are going to take some time and we are going to calm your brain so that you can think to do this afternoon's activities. And we would calm the brain. And I said, now, it's your choice. Would you like the lights left off while you work? Or shall we turn the lights back on? And there were so many times that the kids just wanted me to keep the lights off. Part of the reason is, from a therapist standpoint, is those fluorescent lights that are above their head were driving their ears crazy. And it was like all of a sudden, they had this one piece of silence. They would take that time to sit down and relax. And when other teachers would pass by, they're like, why is the lights off in your room? Is everything okay? Ah, we're fine. We're good. So I would do that often with the kids. And it really did help decrease anxiety. And from a, the standpoint of a substitute coming in, it gave me a different relationship with the kids because we did that. I could see that. You're relating to them on a different level, acknowledging something with a tool that lets them have a few moments to process. Yeah, that's beautiful. Lori, before we go, I was wondering if there's anything else that you'd like to share. And also, I'd like you to share how people can get in touch with you in case they have any questions. Sure. In the fall, I'm going to start doing a, I haven't decided how often. It probably will be at least twice a month, but I'm going to do a question and answer about hypnosis and then do a relaxation. So I'll have that posted on my website. I invite anyone who wants to check it out in the comfort of their own homes to participate. It'll be in the evening. And my website is pediatrichypnosis.com. And I can be reached there. And if any of your listeners have children in the three to seven-year-old range, I have a nice selection of children's songs that I wrote and produced that have lyrics. It's 26 songs for the alphabet, and there's a lot of sounds of the letters, so it can help build some reading foundations. And that's at plumdiggity.com. And we will put that in the show notes. 
Thank you, Sherry. I loved talking with you today. I loved having you. I learned so much today. And one of the things that I took away from today was that hypnosis and flow states are very similar. I learned that from you as well. I learned some new jargon from you, flow states. This has been Sherry Dodderer of The Writing Glitch. Jan was away today, but she'll be back in two weeks. Our podcast releases on the second and fourth Tuesday of each month during the school year. Remember to use the hashtag, The Writing Glitch, when sharing episodes so we can thank you. Join The Writing Glitch community at app.thewritingglitch.com. You were put here for such a time as this. Transform the classroom before raising the scepter to unleash student potential.